Hello and welcome back to the Consider Your Mind podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host, Eric King, and along with my co-host, Mino Pachan, today we have with us a very special guest, therapist James Jerry of TherapyJG.com. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Consider Your Mind podcast. What's up? What's up? Uh, today, today we got a special guest on, up here, here with us, so we'll introduce him here shortly. Uh, last week's episode, we kind of just talked about pretty much family conflicts, everything involving you know, family issues mm-hmm. from day to day, personal lives and everything like that, and how that affects you. So check that out when you get the chance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, that family stress is serious, man. So we've been kind of going on themes of things that kind of cause outside stress to us, whether it's relationships, you know, career, um, and then uh, obviously, you know, family stuff. So um, definitely go ahead and check those out if you haven't. Um, but we're switching gears a little bit on this episode, and um, you know we promise to bring you nothing but uh, awesome, uh, amazing guests, and so that that theme continues. Um, so we got another guest for you here today, and um, if you want to introduce yourself, sir, Mr. James uh, Jerry. Uh, hey, thank you guys very very much for having me on. I consider this a great honor. Awesome, awesome. Hey man, the pleasure's all ours, man. I'm just trying to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> That's it. Trying to help somebody. So, man, it's awesome. So, Mr. Uh, James Jerry, man, he's a um, he's in the uh, mental health field and space. We brought him on here to uh, talk a little bit about that, how we got into it, um, what kind of drove him to go get involved, and um, kind of what that process is like. Because I, uh, unlike our, our previous guest, uh, he's still kind of newer to the uh, newer to it. So, we'd love to hear it from that perspective, man. So, welcome to the welcome to the show, Jerry. Well, thank you very much. Um, so, uh, uh, in the military, I, I did neuropsychiatric work um, okay. yeah, from 2001 to 2004, um, and uh, following uh, attendance at the Neuropsychiatric Technician School in San Antonio, and so um, did the bulk of my work at an outpatient mental health clinic in um, Connecticut, um, and okay. I was the youngest one. I mean, the next closest person in age was like seven or eight years older than me, so they were all like, "Oh, okay, you're the <laughs> you're the Doogie Howser of the place." So. <laughs> extra old school reference. I barely even know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I watched Doogie no. Howser. <laughs> no, awesome, awesome man. So you're a military man. That's what's that's what's going on, man. Yeah, I um, you know that um, they they treated me so well. You know, obviously I was pretty young and and. You know, you need to have a degree of maturity um, in working in mental health, especially outpatient mental health. Um, there's a degree of professionalism, and you know, I learned a lot uh, during that time frame. You know, they had a 26-year psychologist who worked in the prison system who was supervising pre-licensed um, uh, doctoral graduates, uh, plus a couple of psychiatrists. We even had a reserve psychiatrist that would come up from Florida once a month. Um, and you know, they, I was considerably younger than everybody and they, they kind of took me under the wing and they showed me. Now you said uh, that you, that you did, uh, so. you know, working at outpatient, what kind of things when you started, what kind of things did they have you kind of do as your day to day? And I was, I was the <laughs> intake king, man, mm-hmm. intakes. Intakes, okay. Yeah. Tell us more about that. And again, so you went to the military, was this straight out of high, high school? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, exactly. So you jump uh, straight off the porch early, and so now you get into um, you know into that space into that field, and now you're into intake. When I think of intake, man, that sounds like prison, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Hold on, sir. And for those that don't know what intake is, can you uh, explain that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a clip, um, kind of getting to know the person um, to be working with. And you know, it, it, it involves a degree of asking questions, but um, there's an art to it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to try to turn it into a conversation, if you can, um, and get as much information, you know, there was... Um, I got pretty decent at it. early on. I had to, you know, write everything down, but then I started being able to kind of remember everything and then write it down later, uh, which mm-hmm. I, I think helped kind of build a bit early. So, um, it, nice. Yeah, and we, we we would all look at it. Uh, it was a multidisciplinary team, so we you know I'd sit and present the the, the client um, you know the next day in the morning meeting, and then they decide you know what was going to happen. Nice, nice. So uh, yeah, I guess you got to see all. Because again, it's, this is the military, so it's composed of all different types of people. Absolutely, you know, from different backgrounds. Again, so you got a real diversity and spread. Um, so no, that that's awesome. It's good to hear something positive. Again, in terms of like the military taking mental health seriously, you know, um, you know, people who you know came or have a positive experience coming out from that. Because honestly, like when I think of the military, like I've always been, I've always been kind of like. Like just looking at the commercials, like you know POW and you know, uh, um, you know, help wounded soldier and stuff like that. And then it's kind of like, huh, you know, I don't, I didn't ever, I've always heard not the most, the best things about um, again, even the VA hospitals and all this stuff. We, I think we do get kind of a bad like propaganda, like the military doesn't do enough to help its people. I I would agree. I, I although I would say. Um, uh, in the final year, it was, I think it was the final year of um, Bush Jr. Uh, and and then W. Yeah, W. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, frankly, it was it was mostly um, uh, President Obama who who really kind of um, ran. Uh, you know, they we talking sports here. You know, you've got your you, you sometimes old the way the old NFL teams would do it. They'd have a, a back that would basically be running between the twenties, and then you'd have somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, closer to the mm-hmm. goal line. Um, and yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Got the smash and the dash. President Obama basically ran it from from twenty to twenty, and then I think um, following administrators uh, kind of finished the job. Um, and you know, the VA is significantly different. Um, I used to think, you know, I, I had a, I'd look at my hand, and you know, I, you'd, you'd see four fingers and a thumb, and and if you took, you know, maybe maybe two out of those. Two out of those five, uh, you know, were sort of working the VA for a paycheck. And another two really kind of didn't care. And then maybe the one person did, you know. Um, but I think that's changed a bit. Uh, I, You know, just my experience at the VA over the last five years has really, really been much better. So that's awesome. No, no, no. That's really awesome to hear, man. So, um, so prior to, you know, that part of the military. So tell us a little bit about your background. Kind of like, did you grow up with, you know, um, you know, with that in mind, you know, when I grew up, I want to be a therapist, you know, were you that kid? Or? No, you- <laughs> <laughs> no, you're that one kid that was like, that, <laughs> Nope, I have yet to meet that kid. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, um, uh, originally going into the military, I wanted to be a journalist. Um, uh, but 
Uh, Yo, a man after my own heart. That's what I wanted to be coming coming into college and you know coming out of school as well. And our you know we interviewed um, Rupert Missick, the other therapist on episode five. That's what he was doing right before he got into um, their you know the mental health world. So oh, that's interesting. Check us check us journalist people out. You know? <laughs> well, I don't know why I thought and I the, could actually be a journalist. I wasn't that good of a writer. So, <laughs> but I could take decent pictures and. Uh, there you go, hey. but, which is more important now. Uh, yeah, it's true. These days, I was just I was ahead of my time. Um, <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Um, I, <laughs> so, uh, but when I got there, the um, there wasn't a space open for the journalist rating, and they said, oh, you could be a corpsman if you want." And I said, "Okay," and I just kind of did it and kind of rolled through and um, got an opportunity to go through that school, and I did. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it was really the experience at that outpatient clinic that um, it it I it had such a positive effect on me and. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I was seeing myself grow and it, it, um, it's such a positive thing when, when you can kind of, when you look in the mirror, you're like, wow, it, it, you know, that, that guy in the mirror seems a little older now. And, mm. you know, yeah. Okay. They say, Hey, we'll make a man out of you. you <laughs> and that's, you know, it's not always on the battlefield. It's again, dealing with people, you know, mm. that's the, that's the real work that needs to be done. Um, you know, they teach you how to clean guns really fast, I hear. You know, I watch Forrest Gump. But <laughs> there's other things, too. You know, how, how about, you know, your people skills and, you know, putting you in a position so that you can be inspired. Because I think we all kind of need that. You know, there's there's a moment in time, again, we don't grow up thinking, hey, this is what I'm going to be necessarily. But there's, you know, jobs that we get, you know, relationships that we encounter along the way, just living that truly inspire us and spark us, you know, to go on and, you know, kind of change the trajectory of your life. You know, so uh, so fast forward. So how long were you in the military, you know, doing this? Um, uh, doing this particular piece of work, uh, um, mm. 2001, 2004. Um, then I got out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got out. I worked a night's job uh, at United Behavioral Health. Um, okay. Okay. So you stayed in the field. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. It was a. It was a great way to transition. It was a night's job and, um, and mm-hmm. the pay was competitive and. Um, uh, I learned about sort of the insurance side of the civilian, the civilian mental health, and specifically the insurance side. And I realized that's not where I, uh, it's not where I wanted to be. Yeah, the insurance. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's that's the other evil right there. <laughs> we always demonize the insurance companies, but I, I don't know. It looks like there's a lot of ammo a lot of times. Oh, <laughs> you know, when I think about that time, um, I, I know we're focused on this, but you know, honestly, the uh, hey. the one shining moment. Um, was during um, Hurricane Katrina. Um, okay. Yep. There was a, um, a, a a man who called one night in the middle of the night, and there was some. It was like a lot of uh, action happening. I couldn't really happening, and the guy said that um, that some of the rescue workers uh, had left them, and they were trapped in a in a building. So started u- using some of the old network to kind of get a hold of somebody to try to to try to get some people there and we ended up kind of helping them out. So I kind of, I think about that moment is, is probably the, the best thing that kind of happened during that two year time period. It felt really good. Um, it was kind wow, of, a, man, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of random. Um, yeah. I mean, but Hey, you're putting certain, um, you know, places in space and f- spaces for reasons, you know, you may, um, have the person that just had enough context, you know, to help them out. Yeah. 
Um, and so, hey, you, you never know what you're doing for somebody. That's kind of a theme of this show. You know, again, putting yourself out there, not being afraid, being vulnerable, and then, um, you know, not being afraid to, you know, succeed. You know, I think sometimes we're, we're afraid of ourselves a lot of times, you know. Um, I, I said this little kind of poem on one of our social medias. You know, our deepest fear is not that, that we're inadequate, but pow powerful beyond all measure. Mm. It's like, no, you can actually really affect people's lives. You can really help somebody out here um, if you uh, get out of your own way sometimes. <laughs> you know, you can help yourself. You can help other people um, if you don't necessarily get bogged down. And, and um, I said, I think my pastor said it one time, when you get yourself all wrapped up in yourself, you become a very small package. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You know? Yeah, and so just that willingness to keep on reaching out. Um, and again, from that experience, from that uh, inpatient, um, sorry, intake, you know, intake experience on, you know, to, to kind of spark that, you know, in you to keep that going. So, no, that's awesome, man. So that was all those years ago. It's 2022 now. I know. <laughs> and so and the spark's still there, man. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> after, um, after that, I, uh, I worked at a vet for a little while, um, doing admin, and okay. um, I met a private investigator there. Uh, she had a dog, and I was always kind of interested. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I pi. Wow, man! <laughs> Some t television stuff, right? I there. think I watched a little too much Magnum PI as a kid. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but I ended up working with her for a little while, um, and I learned a lot okay. about what kind of entails. I used a lot of psychology during that. Um, mm -hmm. a different type. You know, now when you said using psychology, what, what, like, what is that? If someone, if you're helping somebody and you're saying you're using psychology, like, what does that entail? Oh boy, um, it's you know, honestly, it's not that dissimilar from a therapeutic relationship. Sometimes it's about hmm. um, connecting, um, recognizing um, bias, you know, identifying bias in myself. Um, and, you know, recognizing all of the factors that might go into something, you know, uh, religious factors, economic, uh, you know, military sometimes, political, social. Um, there's a lot of different factors that can be taken into consideration and, um, when you're, uh, you know, sort of trying to help people. Um, and so uh, also, you know, there's some active stuff, too. Um, there, there, were some, there were some jobs in which, uh, you know, a simple conversation could solve a problem. But mm, amazing what a simple conversation can do, can it? Communication. <laughs> Very much so. Um, mm -hmm. No, man, no, that's really awesome. And I think it's important uh, what you just said, again, the knowing thyself part of it, recognizing your own biases. Yeah. That kind of hit me because I, th I think that's something that we don't do. We don't always, you know, we know what other people don't like, and you can say, oh, they're that type of person. Da, da, da. Well, who don't you like? You know? <laughs> What I, you know, if you like, I heard somebody say one time, I was like, okay, so if you were in charge, who would be in trouble? Think of it like that. Uh, interesting thought. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh man, that's deep because um, we're we're in this, you know, on this life trying to find, you know, what we want to do. Not just have a job, maybe, but to have a real vocation, a real calling, a real passion. You also have to recognize yourself. You know, your, your limitations within that. Um, and we, I think we, you know, view limits as such a, a bad thing. You know. That's our enemy. We're supposed to overcome always, you know, go America. I can defeat all of this, <laughs> including my issues, you know, like we're, we're promoted to do that sometimes. But it's like, no, man, actually limits, you know, they give you some guidelines, it gives you some <laughs> that those can be your friend, too. You know, um, it's like that art of war things. Like if you know yourself and the, your enemy, you, you know, um, then you don't have to fear a hundred battles. 
You know, if you just know yourself but not your enemy, you know, you'll win 50% of the time, you know, but if you know yourself and your enemy, now you know, you know, 100% of the time. But knowing yourself is key, that self-evaluation and coming from a guy that wants to be a therapist and, you know, I think that would be, you know, I hope that's what all therapists would be on. <laughs> <laughs> it does vary. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, man, you maybe you just one of the good ones. I'm taking this stuff for granted, but <laughs> oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. I got a lot to learn. There's so much. Oh man, mm-hmm. it's just yeah, yeah. It's never ending. So after uh, your last, I guess you say, gig or job at the veterinarian, uh, what where'd you go after that? What was your steps to get to where you're at now? Um, I realized that I needed uh, I needed to go to school. Um, I needed to okay. I needed to educate myself. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, it's funny. I, um, I think sometimes there's a wonderful speech that um, Denzel Washington gave at a graduation where he was talking about. It's one of the most motivating things I've ever heard. And I'm usually not. I'm usually not terribly affected by um, sort of uh, uh, you know pathos. Um, but, but hey, man, it's Denzel, man. Oh Not man, first, this man, time. he is an orator. <laughs> uh, he said the, the highest order. Oh, he's so good. Um, he says, uh, uh, he was speaking to your point about um, uh, fear of failure and success. You know, he's, he says, uh, you know, the people afraid of, you know, what what if I can't do it, or what if I can do it and I can't handle it. Um, and it was time. It was time to kind of challenge that. And so I started from the bottom too. I, I it took me. I think. I think a year at um, Community College of San Francisco to get to college level courses. Um, okay, okay, yeah, because again, you went straight from high school into the military and got experience in the field, but you never, you weren't the school guy. You know, that wasn't your route, but yeah. now you had to do that. And like you said, from the bottom up, community college, wow. I did, yeah. And, you know, those, um, gosh, those instructors were so good. I, I, it's interesting. Mm, I almost. Shout out to good teachers. Yeah. Um, I almost got derailed. Uh, my very first psych class there. There was a guy who came out and he said, um, he said something like, oh, uh, it, you know, there's always this kind of like anatomy and physiology piece at the very beginning of most beginner psych classes. And, and he comes out and he goes, uh, yeah, um, uh, 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 insulin is created in the heart. And I thought to myself, no, 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 mm-hmm. that's aisles of laying your hands in the pancreas. But I had such a strong reaction to that, I, I kind of left. And then I didn't, and I just didn't go back to that class and knowing I was like, I just need to sign up for the next class because it isn't going to work uh, in this one. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I withdrew and I went back. But it was good. It was a good experience. Um, I finished CCSF mm-hmm. um, and then transferred to uh, San Francisco State um, where, I, yes. yeah, where I finished. Okay. Are you originally from um, the Bay Area? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, from a little, okay. I'm from a little beach town that, you, that has no stoplights and it has a gas station and a, and a market that had a deli in the back. Oh, I grew up at a different time. (laughs) Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but yeah, this is local. It's home. The Bay Area is home. Mm -hmm. Nice. All we know about it is that it costs a lot to live there. That's all we hear. hear. Our our simple Midwestern folk. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) We just get the headlights of, uh, you know, highlights of, oh, how much gas is there? Uh, How much it costs to live there? But... You know, I've never been actually to California, but I definitely got to check it out. You know, to visit though. We're we're, we're spoiled. We're spoiled here. You know, mm-hmm. we could drive. You know, a couple hours in any direction and get just about whatever, whatever climate you're looking for. That's that's what I hear, man. So again, with all that, you know, spoiledness, 
I guess. And then you got the stress of the expense of living there. So definitely do not, definitely do not like the traffic there when I went to visit LA. I spent, we spent about maybe an hour and a half to drive five minutes. Mm, the traffic, there you go. That, that, yeah, I could have got out the highway and walked and got there. I, it was crazy. I've never, and I've never seen like a five lane, six COVID. lane highway and it's all packed. Like, where are you guys in a rush to? You know, like, <laughs> all of y'all going this way? Really? It's like crazy too. And then you can see the smog layer. I was at my buddy's house and he kind of looked down the hill and you can see like fog during the day hovering the city. I'm like, you telling me we was down there and I was breathing that in? Crazy. It's crazy. That that sounds like L.A. Oh, yeah. We were in L.A. Oh. oh. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. That's I'm not going to lie. The, the yeah. beach, when we went to Santa Monica, amazing. Amazing people. And it was just fun, you know? But I did not like the traffic portion in, like, the dead of the city. Man, yeah. I didn't I didn't like that at all. You got to take the good with the bad, man. So that's, that's, that's life, I guess. You know, that there's a lesson to be had in that, um, you know, um, so interestingly enough, I got your contact information, you know, from uh, Mino here. Um, so I was I was kind of trying to get that connection where you guys, you know, had uh, had crossed paths. Yeah, we, I only got his information. I'm actually friends with his cousin. Uh, she's uh, she has her own business, I believe. She's running out here in uh, Savage. Uh, her name is Jamie. So shout out to Jamie if you're listening okay. to this because your cousin is on the podcast. <laughs> Jamie of yeah, Jamie of Savage, but, Minnesota. <laughs> Jamie is a savage boy. She's she's <laughs> she is uh, she's yes. she's very strong woman. She uh, definitely awesome. gets. I'm, I'm very proud she of her. Gets it. Awesome. She's out there putting in work. So awesome, man. Man, shout out, shout out to relationships. That's what this world is all about, man. You're literally a handshake or a text message away from the exact people you need in your life. So. And uh, shout out to, speaking of strong women, we can't wait to, uh, we're going to have another guest on here. Um, thanks to you as well, Mino. Um, so that's what we've been missing, you know, the, the ladies touch on here. You know, I guess this is a, a fellas show in a sense, but mental health is for all. So that's our next step um, is you know, uh, to bring the, the female perspective on here, man. So um, so it's going to be awesome, man. I, I look forward to, I look forward to, uh, to keeping the train rolling. Um, but no, what are, what are the, like the, what's the bad part of the, the job though? Like, I know you said you, you were very inspired by, um, you know, what you saw during your time in the military, um, you know, working, you know, in the mental health field and, um, but like, okay, what, what, when is it not so great? <laughs> you know, because again, you're dealing with some very personal stuff. You're getting to know people, those relationships, you know, what happens again when it doesn't, when you're not able to help like that? Oh boy, I would say the hardest part, um, and this is going to vary from person to person, um, but uh, I think if we don't go into this profession with a strong understanding of um, transference and countertransference in these relationships, if we don't mm. if we don't have good boundaries with ourselves um, and appropriate boundaries with our clients, uh, boundaries very important. Yeah. Yeah, I I just you know it, it's a it's a it's a it, it's a surefire way to burn out quick. And what was the first thing you said uh, before boundaries? Oh uh, yeah, transference and countertransference. Transference and counter. See, that's how I know you. You know, the books is working, man. You're, you're deep in the. <laughs> you just said that real smooth, like we were supposed to just know that, and I, and I felt like I should <laughs> too. Um, but uh, I, you know, it's just it's the 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 dynamics of the relationship. 
You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the stuff that's coming my way and the stuff that is headed to, uh, that's mm -hmm. going in the client's direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, definitely, definitely. There is an exchange there um, because, you know, this kind of started with my, um, you know, my seeking out, you know, the help of a therapist. Um, and one of the things, you know, too, is you, you do develop kind of a relationship with that person after a while. You get to know each other, even just that brief time, even an hour every couple of weeks like I do. Um, but based on kind of that comfort level that your therapist, they reveal things about themselves too, you know, that they probably maybe wouldn't necessarily reveal to another client. Um, but again, that's, that's their call. That's like, you know, balance. Yeah. You know, some people, you know, not everybody deserves, again, your vulnerability, you know, so sometimes you as the, you as the, um, you as the therapist have to demonstrate that, you know, to your clients, you know, um, as well. I agree. Uh, boundaried self-disclosure is, is such a useful it's a useful tool um, when used at the appropriate times. So, yeah, I, uh, I, um, in learning, uh, gosh, that it was kind of hard. I, I had a, um, an instructor uh, at the therapist training program who was, um, you know, was very, very uh, boundary focused and was consistently checking in on. Um, you know, how I was setting boundaries, uh, was I upholding them? Was I caving? Was I being too bound? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it helped a lot. It, it really, it shaped me um, at, a, at an early point now, in my practice. Now for you, as you know, you're dealing with so many different types of people and so many different issues, sometimes more than one issue in one day. Now for you, as a how does that mental stress affect you and how do you cope with that and how do you deal and balance your work life when you're dealing with so many issues that can be mentally draining? I have a secret. Um, I have figured out uh, an aspect of myself that it's every once in a while we figure out these self hacks um, about ourselves. Um, I, on uh, two days a week, um, I, I do a, a, an exercise thing in which I'm basically running uphill uh, one of the local mountains here, uh, three and a half miles, and then I run back downhill. And yeah, and I ha you have to stay focused on what you're doing. There's roots on the trail, and there's rocks, and it could slip and slide. And and it it is an absolute um, uh, demand that you stay focused on just what your next step is going to be. And so I don't have time to sort of stop and think about um, my work or, or ruminate or something something I have to worry about my next step and it's basically it's a break for mind body and soul um and it helps me a lot that's awesome and that sounds it sounds healthy again for your body like you said mind body and soul yeah uh, oh, how long ago did you kind of discover that's what you needed like when did you discover the secret the moment i <laughs> found out i got accepted to the program uh i i honestly it was yeah you know, i did i i would not recommend to other people the way that I did it. I applied to one program and basically mm. put, I did the, I made the cardinal sin of putting all no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> all the eggs were in one basket. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I lucked out and, um, you know, they saw something in me and, and San Francisco state is a really liberal school. And, um, you know, I, I got really lucky cause I hit a lot of, I hit a lot of, uh, 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 you know, I hit a lot of, life experience, but, you know, I was not the strongest, um, therapist, uh, trainee in my cohort. 
by any stretch. Like they, they <laughs> like. Okay, you had some talent with in there. Huh? I learned. I learned mostly. It was me learning from my cohort mates. So okay. That's cool, man. Hey, teamwork makes the dream work. You know, not everybody's going to be the star on the team. But, hey, if we win, everybody gets a ring. Okay, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that that's awesome. That's an awesome attitude to have, to, again, to persevere. Um, you know, I did the kind of the academic thing, too. And, again, um, that perseverance, you know, that, you know, what's good enough, too? Do I have to be number one? Do I have to, you know, you know is that going to stop me? Or, you know, what's my real goal out of this? Right, you know that, that that keeps that stuff in perspective of it too, because I think it can come off too. Um, little uh, one of my favorite words out there is virtue signaling. Oh, yeah, and I think it's it's so true because people do it so much, and you know, become professional helpers. You know, I'm gonna go, you know, do this great thing and solve all problems, and you know, all those movies, Freedom Rider, and all that stuff. It's just like, all right, but what's your real motivation behind this? Do you really want to help people, or is or it's just this, this something that gives just you satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And in the kind of line that you work through, James, what kind of people are you seeing? Are you just seeing majority of like people that deal with anxiety or PSD, bipolar? Like, are you working all across the board, or is there a specific specialization that you're certainly, in, uh, I guess, say licensed in or working towards? So I'm currently working towards my license. Um, I, I need about a little less than 400 more hours before I can challenge the test. Um, I would, okay. yeah, I would say that, um, uh, and I, I'm currently at two practices, um, uh, and one of them I'm, I really tried to focus on, uh, three areas, um, uh, uh, life transitions, grief, and PTSD. Um, and okay. at my other placement, I see lots of people. I, I'm seeing, um, eighth graders and, and high school students and young adults and, uh, um, you know, sort of medium range uh, aged adults and um, and uh, a couple of older folks too. It's just, it's a broad spectrum. Um, I have a couple of um, um, significant um, folks. I've, I've worked with folks who've, um, who've been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, I'm okay. currently working with um, someone, uh, uh, two people actually, uh, diagnosed with um, um, uh, bipolar disorder um, and there's a, there's a, a couple of folks mm -hmm. with anxiety, a couple of folks with PTSD, and there's sort of a wide range of, of stuff. Okay. Wow, man, that, that is a wide range, definitely. Um, but could you, could you clarify something for me? I guess I always want to ask a professional this now that I've gotten in this space a little bit more. But what's the difference between, like, um, a mental illness and, like, because like, when I hear, like, schizophrenia or, like, bipolar or something like that, that's when, like, in my mind, I think of mental illness as opposed to, um, you know, depression or imposed anxiety. What's the, what's the delineation, you know, the line there, if there is one? Oh, boy. Depends on who you ask, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, That's why I wanted to ask the pros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having this question. So um, the way I look at it, uh, I was trained on um, uh, dsm four. Um, terminologies, and, and that's a more categorical model. But in my education, um, it, it was more of a, which is DSM-5, or a more dimensional model, which actually I learned to love. It, it allows a more um, uh, uh, nuanced and subtle way of looking at things. And we're not putting people into categories anymore. We're, 
we're more we're meeting people where they're at and understanding that there are you know many dimensions uh to how people experience their world uh you think about the head of a needle um if you zoom in on it with a with a microscope you know and, and it gets really big and you know it's such a tiny little point but there's an infinite number of of ways that you can intersect that needle and then another uh, infinite number of ways in which that intersecting line can leave you know so people experience different things at different points and and different severities and um so folks that folks that are experiencing um you know pretty significant distress with 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 bipolar disorder with schizophrenia and these are things that we treat with medication um and then there's some and we treat depression and, and anxiety with medication and then there's some other stuff um you know things that are a little bit more connected to uh, people's personalities and there's no meds for that but um you know the, the work is a little bit more behavioral um and so like some of the personality disorders that you might see got you okay no that was that's very informative um because again as I, I start to you know go down this path and we you know get further on and continue to gain knowledge in the field you know these questions are starting to you know kind of pop up okay where's the line drawn and I think it's important for you to say that, you know, we're trying to move in and think it in more of a uh, get people out of these boxes. Yes. You know, it, that I think that's very important to say because I think it's that's just kind of how our, our brains have been, I guess, trained to do things. And I find myself falling into it, too. So it's good to um, it's, I'm glad we're having this show um, so that we can you know clear up things like that to see, OK, what's the proper way to even look at this and address um, this going forward so that we keep people, you know, as in, treat people still as individuals. You know, we've said on this show many times, this is not a one size fits all thing. And uh, yeah. James, yeah. I just had a uh, question with your current uh, practices right now. Uh, are you, how are you seeing your uh, clients? Are you seeing any new clients or are these uh, just in-person meetings that you're doing or online? Yes. Yeah, oh, is it remote too? Yeah. So, um, when I uh, so I graduated in 2020, right smack dab in the middle of the the lockdown. Okay, and so hey, still, congrats anyway. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I started seeing people, um, uh, and it's actually sorry, even going back further, we, we actually started seeing clients uh, one month into the first semester of, of our two year program. Um, they they had us seeing people right away, so I was seeing people in person. There um, had a client load of about four, uh, maybe five, the next semester. Um, but then when the when the shutdown happened, it went um, uh, 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 exclusively to Zoom and uh, did Zoom all the way through. But then, you know, I started going in. Um, uh, I, I was hired at Nugent Family Counseling in San Jose, um, and I started seeing uh, a mixture, um, uh, some folks via Zoom, some folks in person. And now I'm about it's probably about um, 80, 20, uh, seeing 80% people uh, in person and 20% on Zoom. Now, if someone wanted to, let's say, see you as a therapist, are you able to take new clients right now? Or is that something that goes through uh, where you're working? Um, currently, my schedule is full. Um, I have, uh, I, have I, I make, I'm definitely not complaining. Um, but, you know, like, um, I'll probably be scaling back a little bit. Um, uh, you know, most of last year was about, um, it was a little bit of a grind. Uh, it was trying, it was trying to get hours. It was, you know, recognizing that I needed this education and that there is no substitute. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure 
both of you gentlemen have experienced points in your lives when, you know, the, the education was basically, hey, jump in the fire. Man. Yeah, man. Um, immersion. Yeah. I have a lot of sales background, <laughs> yeah, so that's mainly yeah. how you learn. Definitely. Just jump in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They got brick on the sales floor. Let's go. You got to talk to people. You got to pick up the phone. You got to make the calls. You got to. There's no other way. Absolutely. So, yeah, you got to talk to people. And I imagine when you say put in your hours, I imagine it's like um, the little bit I do know about the medical field. I do know that you have to, in order to be a doctor, you got to go to a hospital while you're still in med school and, you know, get trained up under people, put your hours in, you know. So I imagine in my head, this is, I guess, a similar thing. It's like, okay, you got to go in there and you got to put your hours in. Yeah, it's a little bit like a residency. I agree. Residency. There you go. Residency. Yeah, it's um, but you know the after a certain point, um, like I I I would not afraid to admit by about October November, whew, I was getting I felt to borrow a line from a movie I was starting to feel like uh, a little too little jam spread across too much bread. Uh, gotcha. But uh, and you know so I started scaling back. It took a couple weeks off in in December and. Um, I'm kind of slowly scaling my practice down to where I think is my sweet spot, which is probably right around 25 clients a week. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, that's interesting too. So how do you decide what your practice is going to be? Cause again, now we kind of th- talk about it generally, like, Oh, get a therapist, having a therapist, but what does that actually mean? You know, working for an actual place, like an organization, like I go to an actual organization, he works for that organization. So that's my therapist. I picked out of that, <laughs> but what is, you know, what what are these options like when you come to therapist? Is it something that you can exclusively just do, you know, set up a website on your own and <laughs> well you know, start doing it? Yeah, how does that work? Uh, yeah, um, oh, you can go any number of different directions. There's community mm-hmm. community mental health positions, um, and you know you get a, a pretty full schedule right away. Um, there are um, uh, uh, fellowships like at places like um, at managed care managed care health organizations around here they have uh, kaiser um okay so there's some spots where uh you can go that way my i wanted to be in this um i okay that's what you want yeah and uh, so i work currently um for a group practice uh and then also one it's uh it's a little bit of this and so i've had a little bit more autonomy to how I build my client load. But that was the first place I got hired. I got hired at the small spot and it was like, okay, this is the person that gave me a shot. So, you know, mm. I'm, I'm all in. And nice. I, I got really lucky. Her husband ran a, um, a small tech, company, very small, you know, one or two people, um, uh, uh, tech consulting uh, firm. And so he, mm-hmm. he came onto a zoom meeting and basically taught us about Google SEO and um, how to set up a, uh, presence and so I just I took notes you know old school like academic you know yeah no man that's awesome man putting in, putting in the work but um also again talking about talk about it all the time man relationships you're really you know it's all about relationships and you really are again one person away from the person that you need to put you over the top with you know in certain areas man so that's awesome um so besides, uh, so besides that, like in your personal life, are you uh, are you married? Do you have any children? Do you like? Uh, I, yeah, I have. A, I'm I'm in a partnership. I have a, it's a you know, it's like like marriage, but although we're not married. Um, and okay, yeah, awesome. Her name's Megan. Megan and I have been together since um, 2010. 
No, awesome, man. Awesome. Because again, we talked about again that work family life balance. Yeah. You know, it all it's all, all rolled into one. Sometimes I think we we on this show have even talk about things that we're going through and we forget, hey, we're doing this with other people around as well. <laughs> you know, other people that we have to deal with in our lives. And so um so no, that's awesome, man. We're we're all for uh, we're all for love over here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have done it without Megan. Um, you know, she she's been uh doing a um uh, uh, she's been doing most of of the stuff that has to get done around the house. Um, you know, when she was getting her start, um, I did most of the stuff around the house um, several years ago. And I'm just, uh, you know, we both, you know, we, we both kind of looked at each other and said, listen, like, you know, you said Sun Tzu. I've read Sun Tzu probably five, six times. It was required. Okay, it, yeah, <laughs> it was required reading at, at one point in my life. Uh, and the, uh, you know, if you have good lines of logistics, if you have good support, um, you can do anything. Um, mm. You know, that's what we're. You know, it's one. Of the, it's one of the reasons why I think uh, Russia is having a hard time right now. Is their logistics are very poor, and it, it affects lots of. It affects everything. It's good. Mm-hmm. But not obviously not trying to talk too much about Russia. <laughs> hey man, it's all right. This is a, this is the real world. We're living it. You know, we're out here, you know, as, as much as, um, again, this goes out here permanently for the airways forever and ever, but we don't want to ignore what's really going on in the world, too, you know, and, and we can take lessons from that, you know, isolation, um, you know, partnerships, things like that. Hey, man, the, the, these are things that we all need in life, even countries. No country is an island, even, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there's there's always lessons to be, you know, to be taken, you know, from all this, man. That's awesome. Um but uh, one thing I was wondering, um, like, what are the different types of uh, therapies that there are? Because one thing that caught me off guard, too, uh, when we first did our interview um, with a therapist on episode five, when he was a hypnotherapist, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, it came into my mind like a ton of bricks. Bro, Eric, what type of therapy are you in? <laughs> I was like, holy crap, I hadn't even thought about that before. Yeah, what type of therapist am I? Oh, yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy, I think. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, yeah, could you talk about that? How do people figure out what's t- the best type of therapy, you know, for them? You know, uh, a little bit of what, what you specialize in again. Um, but how do people find out, you know, what's... Because it does maybe take some trial and error. You don't hit it, you know, right off the first bat, so... Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, you, because every therapist gets tra- trained in modality, sometimes three. Um, but... Okay. Putting it into practice, maybe that's not the one that you want to use. You know, like there are some people that really prefer evidence-based treatment, and CBT mm-hmm. um, is is up there with that. And and then there are other people who, you know, CBT. Um, I, I personally, um, I I'd like to think of myself as an eclectic therapist. I, you know, it, it's not like I'm a master of any one of the modalities, but. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've, I've I've had a good opportunity to learn from a lot of different people, and so um, what I you know I um, I grew up um, a 49er fan, and uh, okay, Bay Area makes sense. Yeah, Bill Walsh um, revolutionized the game by teaching his players to read defenses, and so if everybody has quarterback eyes and everybody knows what the defense is, then you could change your route before you even run it, and everybody else knows it. It becomes like a hive mind. And it's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You, know, you watch those old films, and they're just chewing everybody up because nobody knows what they're going to do. So, but the trick was being able to read the defense. And so, 
what I try to do in my early sessions with people is I do my best to try to um, assess um, uh, through a variety of means, um, uh, uh, including asking people about their previous therapy experience and what's worked for them. Because if they already know that, that you know, they, they've worked with psychodynamic therapists and that they prefer that, then that's the route I'm going to go because that's what they want. Sounds smart to me. <laughs> if, you know, if they got some insight, you don't have to start from scratch all the time. There you go. Yeah. And I was trained relationally and psychodynamic, and I, I think I rely more on um, a relational model to start. And then I'll kind of assess for, you know, um, sort of the different. Uh, I like, if you imagine like an archery target, you know, you got like a bullseye and then the outer rings and all that. And you can kind of like get a sense of like, you know what's what's our what's our main focus and what are some secondary focuses tertiary focuses and and, and on and on mm-hmm. um and you know maybe you might use a different modality for each one of those um situations and so you know i might do one session might be you know uh focus on um you know cognitive reframing um and another one might be family systems um and a com- or com- yeah so and you said you're on a pretty much on the way to get uh, working towards your license what's the process to do that and you actually get licensed other than taking the test like what is the steps for that for other people that may be in the same shoes as you sure um so uh you need to have a uh, uh I, b- I believe you need to have either um, a master's in clinical psychology or a master's in in counseling um there, okay. there might be one or two others um that are similar um uh, forgive my ignorance on that piece but um uh, but then you, you need to have um, uh, uh, 3,000 um, clinical hours, and that's sort of a mixture of direct client hours uh, and uh, the administrative supports and the supervision, the weekly supervision meetings you're having with your supervisor, clinical supervisors. And, um, and then you also have to pass a, a California state, and in California, you have to pass a, a California state. Yeah, um, so depends on where you're licensed. Yeah, they have their own thing. Exactly. But they're typically, gotcha. there's a law and ethics exam that you have to pass. Um, and, um, and so then, and then you get your 3000 hours, you submit them, uh, the hours are sort of counted and, you know, they decide whether it's good to go, or maybe they might have to audit. Um, and then once they've approved, then you take a licensing exam. And once you pass that exam, uh, then you're licensed. And then, awesome, then you, what you need to do though, um, to become a clinical supervisor, you have to have two hours, excuse me, two years uh, working as a licensed um, therapist. Okay. Okay, man. It's uh, quite a process, but I think that's good because I'm glad you mentioned something about ethics in there too. Take an ethics test because it is, you know, uh, you're dealing with confidential information, you're dealing with sensitive information, you really have an influence over uh, people's lives. So uh, that. 3,000 hours sounds like a whole lot, but I'm like, you know what? That's probably a good idea, <laughs> you know, because once you're on your own, because that's a lot of power. And I say that because I'm not sure. Do you watch Apple at all? Like Apple um, like Apple Plus, their network? Which shows? Um, um, they have one called The Shrink Next Door. They have like, <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Shrink Next Door. Oh, my goodness. You'll probably be appalled as a, uh, <laughs> as a, uh, as a, uh, a professional an ethical professional in mental health, but it's based on a true story. And I didn't know this, but it's the guy that played like Ant-Man. I think it's Paul Judd. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, Will Ferrell, you know, and they're like, and it's, and it's based on a, a true story. I didn't know this until after I watched the whole series, but it was this guy, he went to a shrink, um, you know, 
shrink or psychologist <laughs> and uh, psychiatrist. And that psychiatrist basically took over his life. You know, he ended up having a whole bunch of money and stuff like that, you know, inherited all this wealth. But he was a very shy guy, had, you know, personality issues and stuff. And this dude really, literally, over the course of like 30 years, like I'm talking about a long time, and it's only recently that this guy has got his like license or whatever revoked. Oh. And it was tripping me out. I was like, yeah, I'm watching this show and I don't realize that this is a true story. I'm just watching it because, okay, I like, you know, Will Ferrell. It should be pretty interesting. And, and it uh, started from like a true crime. Um, like a true crime podcast, like a journalist, um, this journalist in New York, you know, re- you know, saw this these parties happening in the Hamptons next door all the time, and thought the guy that was throwing it was this you know big time psych- uh, um, psychiatrist, and but no, the person that actually owned the house that was the guy on the grill. This dude was basically like a butler. <laughs> you know, we turned him into that. So it just, it tripped me out. I'm like, why am I watching this show when I just decided to get a therapist? And it is telling me all these terrible things. About- <laughs> <laughs> so um, but I, was like, I, I subscribe to the, uh, the, there's a California MFT um, organization. And so I subscribe to their, their newsletter. And so they always send, uh, they send something once every couple months. And um, mm-hmm. basically what it turns out is that um, the things that'll, that will, um, uh, uh, get you to lose your license. Um, 75% of uh, therapists that lose their license, it's to DUI. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would never get, wow. It's 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 remarkably uh, weighted in that direction. It's, it's like most, and what's really interesting though are the other 25%. These stories are wild. Like this thing, like, I don't know why this therapist thought that that was a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you see, it's, it's interesting that you're bringing up that story that I, one of the ones that I read was like this guy had inherited um, a significant amount of money and, and was sort of felt uncomfortable about it and got a therapist. And then, you know, the therapist, like, like the timeline is like within two weeks had, had, had terminated the relationship. And then a week later was in business with this guy. Uh, yeah, it's super like, like an American greed story or something. Sure, like that, it's just yeah. no, that that that's crazy, man. It's um, but it's just things you do have to watch out for. Um, and again, trusting your instincts so much. Um, one, um, one of the things my therapist is like, yeah, so shows me books and things I should read. Certain authors, and um, one of them I've been reading, and it, it talks a lot about authenticity. And you know, we've been taught for so long not to trust our instincts, to listen to everybody, to not be ourselves. And but we actually need to listen to that, you know, so to know if we're getting taken advantage of, to know if we're uncomfortable with certain things, and so we don't just go along with it. But it's crazy we've been trained so long to defy our actual authentic selves, you know. I, Stay in line, straight. You know, exactly. Straight, you're supposed to eat this. You're supposed to like this. You're supposed to, you know, instead of actually figuring out who we are, we learn to start being even afraid of ourselves. And so, you know, a guy get, inherits a whole bunch of money. And he's uncomfortable with it. He inherits some power or something that, you know, we think, yeah, that's empowering. You can do what you want now. But, again, for him, his his first instinct was to reach out. Like, you know, okay, I'm scared. What do I do? Yeah. And, you know, make yourself vulnerable, you know. So your, your headspace matters so much. Yeah. Um, it's incredible the amount of influence that we have in our clients' lives. And so I, I, um, I have a little bit of a drive. Um, to get to both practices. And so it kind of allows me 
Uh, and they're, it's such a beautiful drive going both ways. Like one of them is down a, a freeway with no billboards. And then the other way I crossed the Golden Gate Bridge and, um, oh yeah. But so I use those, I use those times to both get in the zone and then also to get out of that zone. And, you know, it, it's important to, it's important to kind of, um, you know, sort of ramp up, like, what am I, you know, what's on my plate for today? And then later on, it's like, okay, you know, the note is written. It, I don't have to carry these things and I can my life because I think I think ultimately a lot of another sticking point I think for some folks is is they have a hard time um you know leaving it at the office mm, you know taking work home with you yeah yeah I've heard that a lot of times yeah that's yeah, oh, that's that's that that can be rough man but let me ask you this question I I this is you know from my previous guest he said something to trip me out but he said the the therapist matters much less than you think. Yeah. He said it's kind of like 80-20. Yeah. In terms of like, it's really about you. Therapist matters about 20%. You know, it's the person and their attitude and, you know, what they're bringing. I, so that's, that's, you're in agreement with that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you there. I, um, uh, I, I have a theory on that, actually. Um, I believe, you know, you're talking about the trusting our own instincts and how much the therapist matters. I think that we we go through life, and I don't know how this message comes to us. Sometimes it comes to us from books that we read, or TV shows, or comics, or, or whatever you know, from wherever. It, if other people, and we believe that we have like one shot, and 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 then if you don't get it, then that's it. You're done. You know, like bye. And and so if if your instincts don't serve you well in that one moment, you might accidentally teach yourself that you know your instincts are faulty and that and that when that next shot invariably comes you know you won't trust yourself to make that move and you know i think i think working with a therapist is um is a great way to kind of get back in touch with with that power that we all actually do have um and you know just it, and a therapist that knows just the right amount of interaction um is is uh is the good therapist i think yeah, definitely. I mean, and one more thing here, James, before uh, we wrap it up here. I got one question for you. For other people that are in the same shoes as you or on the road to becoming a licensed therapist and whatnot, what would be the big main advice for you, uh, from you, to give them? If you're thinking about going down this road. Uh, this is a... Um, you know, th th this is a a uh, a freeway with many checkpoints and many off ramps. Um, you know, sometimes we realize that it may not be for us, and if we stay with it, it may be problematic. And if we do stay with it, um, there's a level of commitment I think that we have to kind of take because there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and there's a lot of training that you need, and and there's a lot of um, humility that and vulnerability that you you must develop and get in touch with and and be comfortable with and uh, at the very least recognize and you know the you know recognizing that you have administrative challenges you have um therapeutic challenges and and personal challenges and you know recognizing that um it's okay uh, if you're not perfect, like, you know, Hollywood has this, this image sometimes of like the therapist that knows the exact right thing to say at the exact right time. And, 
it's not realistic. You know, we don't always a therapist that doesn't need a therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, I'm glad you said that. It's a good idea for a therapist um, to have their own therapist, too. Mm, okay. Again, see, people did, wouldn't even thought of that. But if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, personal trainers have personal trainers. Doctors go to doctors. Mm -hmm. It only makes sense that therapists go to therapists as well, man. That's awesome. Practicing what you're preaching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we definitely got to have you back on for a future episode, yeah, James. This was awesome, man. So I, I mean, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Thank you for your sure, time, James, coming man. in definitely. and answering questions and speaking to the people, giving them an inside look of what it's like to, you know, be on the road to becoming a licensed therapist and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah, man, awesome. I'm looking forward to the next time if we get a chance to speak again. I, I would love it. Thank you. Oh, we definitely will. For sure. For sure, man. Now tell the people how to um, where they can find you at. They want to get some more information. Like you said, you're not necessarily, you know, taking on new clients right now. But if they want to, um, you know, where, where can they find you out there? So I have a website. It's uh, therapyjg.com. Uh, um, I'm also um, you can also connect with me through the Nugent Family uh, Counseling website. If you just type in Nugent Family Counseling in San Jose, yeah, it'll come up. Um, and I, I practice in um, San Jose, I practice in Santa Clara, and then currently in Corte Madera. Um, so those are three spots. One of the Corte Madera is in the North Bay, San Jose, and Santa Clara is in the South Bay. Um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have the links and all that for you guys in the description box as well. I mean, that's, I mean, that's all I got for now. I mean, until next time, we're definitely going to get you back on in future episodes. So. Uh, you guys stay tuned for that for part two with James Jerry. Other than that, thank you for your time, James. Thank you, Mino. And thank you, Eric. All right. Thank you, bro. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, guys. See you guys next week. Peace. Thanks so much to Mr. James Jerry for sharing with us his unique journey to becoming a licensed therapist. For more information, make sure you visit his website at therapyjg.com. And we will see you next week.